Hello, everyone. It is the worst half of Title Talk NFL, the co-host, the most cowardly co-host. It is Bryson here, and I'm here with the best half, the better half, the half you love to see and you love to hear. That's LBNFL. What is going on, my good man, LBNFL? Hello, Bryson NFL. How are you, sir? Let me just say, you are indeed the better half. You complete me, and you had me at hello, which is exactly what you said first. Wow, B. They say that to truly have a virtuous relationship, you need people to fill in the gaps of the virtues you lack. And it just so happens that you just fill all those virtues that I just do not have because I'm such a coward. So thank you very much, LB. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Man, you're very welcome, good sir. I guess that you you take up the rest of – you take on my cowardice um, in, a, in a good way. And I, we just – you know, we complete each other is what it is. And that's why it's called lbryson.com. That's why, you know, th- that's why they're renaming Twitter lbryson.com. I mean, is there really any debate that that's what it should be called? I mean, truthfully, I mean, come on now. lbryson.com. It even sounds good. When we make our campaign and let's see, LB – I think you'll be eligible to run in 2028. So when we do this, we'll have Dave Tank be our Secretary of Defense. And we'll be an impenetrable, absolutely undefeatable army in the United States of America. But we have because we have Dave Tank. And I'll be VP and I'll be happy to do it because you'll just lead the way. Poor Dave Tank, man. You know, they, they keep suspending him now. It's just incredible. You know, it's just totally unfair. And, and we do not love it. We, we do not love it at all. We really hate it. something that actually we really love, and I'm glad to hear that you really love it too. So all year, AB and Tom Brady have had this thing where they've been liking each other's posts, and AB's been posting about Tom, and Tom's been liking his stuff. And now, our good friend Antonio Brown, who not only has just been wearing Pat stuff all over the place in all of his videos and just talking about the Patriots all the time, loves the Patriots, issued apology to Robert Kraft. It feels like step one of what could be something more. I'm interested in hearing what you think about this, LB, and maybe some things that you have heard. All I know is that this, Tom Brady loves Antonio Brown. Whether anyone likes it or not, he loves Antonio Brown. He is willing to stick up for Antonio Brown and go to bat for Antonio Brown, which I think would probably mean a whole lot in this whole apology mess. What do you think? Well, I do know about, you know, a little while ago, I did, you know, we were speaking in the chat and everybody was saying, you know, he's just going to go right on the exempt list. And I was telling them that is simply not true. The NFL met with Antonio Brown. Apparently, things went pretty well. They met with his accuser. And guess what? Not too long later, Ryan Hannibal, um, who is a beat writer for the Patriots, tweeted that he reached out to the NFL and they were told he was told that his status has not changed. So that means he is still eligible to sign with anybody eligible to play football this year. It doesn't look like he'll be getting suspended anytime soon or going on the exempt list anytime soon. Of course, now we see his apology this morning to Robert Kraft and it's a little bit different. It seems as if maybe something's going on. Something might be up. There's a lot of whispers going out there. Uh, Michael, 
uh, Hurley, I think it's Mike, no, not uh, Hardy, Hardy from 98.5 had a little tweet where, with a little play on words where he said, you know, if, if this is going on, whatever, if the r- rumors what I'm hearing are true, all bets are off, and he capitalized the A and the B, and I don't know, man, there's a lot of different things being said, and a lot of rumors flying around out there, we all know that Gronk had his little announcement this week, and we all know how much that Adam Schefter, uh, might have been Ian Rappaport. I, I always mix those two guys up, so you must forgive me on that. But uh, they were pushing that story that Kraft was really holding out hope that Gronk would come back, and he had asked them to come back. And, you know, now we know pretty much that he's not coming back. And the offense was really, really bad Sunday. Tom Brady visibly pissed off. Tom Brady the next day still pretty mad. You want me to read his Tom- quote, LB? Yeah, absolutely. Please do. Well, Tom Brady usually has a W post, and he makes you know a lot of good posts about after wins. And Tom Brady's a winner; he loves to win. But in winning, you know, the, the offense wasn't doing good, not up to par. So Tom Brady afterwards posts a picture of him, says "focus," that's it. And after the game, he said this: "I quote: As crazy as it sounds, we're still kind of a relatively new." Getting familiar with each other on offense. The strength of our team is our defense and special teams. By the way, shout out to the punt team, which absolutely owns. So on offense, we just have to take advantage when we get opportunities, understand where strengths lie, and try to play to them. Not giving short fields, not turning the ball over. Try to take advantage when we get into the red area and score touchdowns. And that's kind of where our offense is, and that's kind of where our team is. So Tom Brady is is alluding to the the turnover wide receiver. Tom Brady's completed, I believe, 17 passes to different players this season. I think that either ties or that is the most so far of his entire career. LB, I think you might know a little bit better, but I think so that's probably the most or that's at least at least tied or second most. It's not an easy thing. The line hasn't been very good. Isaiah Wynn's coming back, of course. But Tom Brady, there's no doubt about it, is absolutely in that room vying for Antonio Brown. Read it and weep. I'm here to tell you he is. You know, a lot of you just said a lot there. It's something that, you know, I know that I actually tweeted about not long ago. The Patriots were in the middle of a little mini rebuild in the middle of the season here with their offense. And then you got um, these quotes. It's something that we've talked about on the pod a good amount. It's certainly something that I know I've been trying to tell people a lot. You know, when you get on Tom Brady and you want to say that he maybe he's washed or maybe he's just really not even as good anymore, which, you know, we've already said he's probably, you know, he's not as good anymore. That's fine. Doesn't mean that he's still not great. It's something that our good friend Gronky talks about. Of course, uh, Blitz FX, he does the awesome, awesome, you know, uh, graphics and edits. Something he's talked about too, where he said, you know, early on in the year, Tom Brady was looking like an MVP candidate. He had, he had his weapons. He had Antonio Brown. He was looking fantastic. He had Isaiah, Isaiah Wynn there blocking for him. And you know, you kind of lose a lot of pieces. Now, you know, you have Josh Gordon. He's here 17 games. Very, very cool. You have. Uh, Going back a couple years, Brandon Cooks comes in one year. The offense looks awesome. Um, then he's gone. You have Brandon LaFell, year one, awesome. Year two, foot injury, doesn't look quite as good. He's gone. Think about the turnover at wide receiver that we've seen. It has been incredible. So in 2005, that was the year that he completed 17 passes to um, a pass to 17 different guys. So you have to go back a ways to even get something like that. And at that point, the offense wasn't considered what it is now. It wasn't, you know, we're used to the Patriots having fantastic offenses. 
And now we've seen, um, you know, now you bring in Sanu, which is great. I love Sanu. I think you love Sanu. But it's just still more turnover, still more guys that you're spending time with. You had Antonio Brown for one game. Mohamed Sanu now comes in. You have all these other guys, Gunner, now on IR. Uh, Jacoby Myers is, is sticking around a little bit. I mean, the turnover at wide receiver has just been incredible. The longest tenured wide receiver not named Julian Edelman, it's something I love to say, is Julian Edelman and, and everybody else at wide receiver. Basically, it's been Julian Edelman here now since 2009, I believe, was his rookie year. Nope. Yep. 2009 was his rookie year. Wes Welker gets hurt. He catches two touchdown passes He's in the AFC Championship game against the Ravens, but they get blown out. That was kind of when we started thinking Edelman might have a little something, but injuries kind of held him back early on. But that's a story for another day. Um, Edelman's been here now for all those years. And then do you know who the second longest wide receiver on the team is, Bryce? And we won't include Matthew Slater, even though we love Matthew Slater, great friend of the podcast, you know, loves us too, always gives his, his shout outs. To, but Bryson, your favorite wide receiver on the team, maybe your favorite Patriot ever is the second longest wide receiver on the team. I'll, I'll let you, you, you know, the guy I'm talking about, right? It's gotta be Dorsett. Oh yeah. I mean, think about this. We're thinking, you know, Brady needs a wide receiver too. Hell man, you know, <laughs> A wide receiver two, are you – I mean, there's a lot of people that are like, oh, wide receiver three, wide receiver four. You know, dude, they, they have the, the most turnover. I mean, year to year, his wide receiver three is different. His wide receiver two is different every year. And the only guy that seems to be sticking around is Philip Dorsett, who – I know you've talked about it now. He's been playing with the greatest quarterback of all time for – this is year three. I mean, he looks better this year. He's made more plays this year. He's scored a few more touchdowns. He, he definitely has looked better, and, and Brady trusts him. That's great. But he's not a number two. He's not even a number three, truthfully. He's a, he's a really nice number four. But this, this turnover at wide receiver is incredible. You had the one draft where you nailed two tight ends. One of those tight ends fell in the draft because he had injury problems. He then retired at the age of 29, but he was the greatest tight end ever in that time. The other guy fell in the draft because he was – known as a gang-banging lunatic, who, by the way, ended up going to prison for murder and, you know, gone forever, Aaron Hernandez. So they've struggled to find guys at those positions. So you can get on people and say, well, they gra- they drafted Gronk and Hernandez. Hey, both those guys, they kind of walked into due to different concerns, and those concerns were major concerns in their career with the Patriots. Gronk was injured often. Uh, it cost them probably a couple Super Bowls when he got hurt, truthfully. And, you know, Hernandez lasted three years. Not even, I mean, you know, so they haven't been able to draft really good tight ends. Daniel Graham, Ben Watson, first round picks at tight end, both solid guys, but none of them were ever what you expected them to be. I mean, you, you were trying to find a great tight end. They were okay. They've struggled to draft wide receivers and tight ends. And in the later years here, and I know I've been talking for a while, so I'll let you go. I'll let you go in a second. And the later he in the later years here, it has really gotten worse. And the turnover has gotten so it's like they've gotten to the point where they said, look, we can just do whatever we want. Tom will fix it. And, you know, it's easier to fix those things with wide receivers when you at least have a competent offensive line. So now we're talking tight ends bad, wide receivers. Julian Edelman and everybody else, even though I love Harry, I love um, I love Sanu. I think that those guys are all going to work out great. So it's been those, Julian Edelman and everybody else all year, and then you have an offensive line that's played really bad, and you've gotten little to no production out of your tight ends. I mean, so Tom Brady deserves some slack. This turnover at wide receiver has been just unbelievable, dude. Yeah, what it seems like is Marshall Newhouse good, Marcus Cannon struggling. Marcus Cannon struggling, Markle, Mark <laughs> – Newhouse good and the exact opposite. So really when they're both good, then it, then it feels like 
the wide receivers aren't really getting open and then Brady's taking a coverage sack or throwing in the dirt or whatever. It's been a real big struggle. And actually, if you think about it, since Isaiah Wynn's not there and Isaiah Wynn's absolutely awesome, they've kind of had to cut their playbook in like probably more than half. Like there's no shot that the Patriots are doing a ton of deep developing routes. Like they're just, you just can't do it because the offensive line just isn't as good. And I, I love Sanu. I love Edelman. I love Isaiah Wynn, Nikhil Harry. And I think adding Antonio Brown and Isaiah Wynn, adding a left tackle who's one of the better left tackles in the league, I can confidently say that. Whether he stays healthy or not, or not that is up to the big man upstairs. And Antonio Brown, once again, under Tom Brady's wing, would just put an absolute fire into the offense, and it needs it right now. I believe that I think against the Eagles, they were under 4.5 yards per play again. I mean, they're bottom of the league in yards per play. Whether you like it or not, the Patriots' offense is not very good. Could they still win the Super Bowl with an offense that's not very good? Yes, they could. They could absolutely win the Super Bowl. I believe they will win the Super Bowl if Antonio Brown's not here or not. Obviously, the defense is good enough. We saw it on Sunday that it can just hold teams to low amount of points. But you will get those days like the Ravens had against the Patriots. It's a one-game league. So why not sign Antonio Brown back and enhance your chances of not losing in a one-game league in the playoffs? Because we all know the unexpected can happen. It absolutely can happen. I think the Patriots' offense is going to get a lot better. There's going to be more continuity. I think you know, Harry, Sanu, Edelman, these guys are going to be featured going forward. Isaiah Wynn coming back. Maybe Antonio Brown. I'm going to really love to see it. I'm going to really love to see Antonio Brown. He apologized, LB. He apologized. That was huge. Maybe it happens. Maybe it happens. Let me ask you something, Bryson. Who is who is uh, Rob Gronkowski's agent? Let me see. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. Oh, Drew Rosenhaus. Okay. Uh, who is Antonio Brown's agent? Let's see. Big chat. Here, I'll, I'll carry the one business has been. Oh, okay. Drew Rosenhaus. Okay. And now... Gronk had his little announcement today. I know Bill, Bill, uh, Belichick kind of joked about it the other day. Who was kind of holding out hope for Gronk here for a late season run? And then it's kind of all gone to crap now, and it's definitely not happening. I would say Robert Kraft maybe was holding out hope on something, you know, and that hasn't happened. Tom Brady is not happy. And I think, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm trying to think of some things that – I think it's going to, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, sh, I just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of math going on right now. And a lot of things are adding up to one plus one equals, you know, 17 here. But I just, I think there's something going on. I believe some of the things that I'm hearing and I believe that I know you've said, um, Tom Brady is extremely unhappy and he voiced those frustrations to, a certain Mr. Robert Kraft, and he has not been happy. And you said it earlier. I don't want to steal your thunder. I believe you said this earlier, um, you know, that he kind of let Kraft know that he was still unhappy about the A-B thing. And I just think there's some things going on behind the scenes that could absolutely lead to a reunion here, which I would have absolutely said is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Probably, I'm pretty sure I even tweeted it a couple months ago saying it wasn't happening. It's dumb to talk about. And at that time, I think maybe that was the case. It wasn't going to happen. But the Patriots are in the business of winning Super Bowls. The booming. NFL has now booming. It's booming. The NFL has now met with Antonio Brown, and his status has not changed. So there's 
a lot of a lot of smoke here. I'd say I think there's a lot more smoke than people want to believe. By the way, Tom Brady did just like his uh, post there about Robert Kraft. Oh yeah. Um, on Twitter, on Twitter, yeah. we already it, knew he had like. Is there any possibility Tom Brady has put an Antonio Brown up to this? Yes. Like there's yeah. like yes. This is not something that Antonio Brown just does, probably, right? Does he usually type this adequately? And um, I look, think Tom that Brady the- has a lot of money. He probably hit him up with a proofreader. <laughs> I mean, it looked it looked decent from what you're talking about. I didn't see the full entire post. I just know what happened, and also posted the Belichick walking in. <laughs> Um, there was one punk I think the exclamation point was a little bit off but I swear that was to throw people off there was like a space there but I think that was just to throw everybody off like huh oh maybe that was a big I mean wait a minute LB I'm I'm breaking some news here he used the semicolon when does (laughs) LB 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 has Antonio Brown ever correctly used in a semicolon I mean I'm just gonna tell I'm here to tell you right now that a man with a lot of college education as myself I find it hard to put semicolons in the correct spot. Antonio Brown is now using semicolons. Like he actually looked on his keyboard and, and thought, you know what? Semicolon. Boom. No, no way. Tom Brady, Tom Brady wrote this himself. I'm recording it. <laughs> Hold on. You know what? I got to find this real quick. I got to go back to the tweet. Let's, he let's said, just... Mr. Kraft, I apologize okay. sincerely to you and your organization, exclamation point, by the way. The space was good there. All I wanted to be was an asset to the organization. Semicolon. Wow. Exclamation point. I said the wow and the exclamation point. Sorry for the bad media and drama. Exclamation point with the space like you were talking about. Thank you. Sincerely, AB. So it sounds a lot like someone put him up to this and, you know, we don't have to translate it much, but it was basically an AB speak, but it was not AB's actual speak. It was, it was actually Tom Brady. I'm here to report it. Oh, and by the way, as far as some things that have been going around. Uh, Antonio Brown and Drew Rosenhaus maybe just maybe spoke with the Patriots yesterday, and social media is a big factor here. His phone is a big factor here. He has not liked anything in 20, 21 hours, and his only post that we've seen now in the past few days, you know, about Fuel Up the Jet, that was a few days ago, and then the post today, hasn't been on social media much, hasn't been tweeting. Just the – so – in the next few hours, today's, whatever, we'll see how much, how active he is on social media. I would not be, if you start to see that decline or perhaps just um, not exist at all, do not be surprised. I'm not expecting much activity from Antonio Brown here. And um, this is all a little, this is all very interesting. It's all very interesting. Uh, I don't know, man. You remember when when Randy Moss told the, um, got traded back to the Vikings. He said, break your 84 jerseys out. Could we be telling Patriots fans, break your 17 jerseys out? Uh, I'm, actually, I'm actually going to vote that Antonio chooses a different number if he can. <laughs> you, you know, you're actually right, dude. I mean, at this point, just 10 is now available, correct? Because Josh Gordon's gone. Maybe go with yeah, 10. Pick, out of, yeah, pick up the – I don't care what it is. As I don't know what the rules are if you cut a player and he comes back, if he can choose it different number but i'm i would say please don't use 17 it's a cursed number it should be like retired in infamy in, in the patriots gillette stadium like it should be just hung up with a big x on it <laughs> that's how that's exactly how it should be so ab should come back with a totally different number now what numbers would there be available i mean i know that a lot of talk was about 81 before and you know what it would be nice it would be, that nice. Would be nice 
I always kind of nice. likened it to, uh, you know, Randy Moss came over. He had worn 84 all those years, and he went to Oakland for a year, wore 18, came to New England, wore 81. Maybe maybe you see something like that. You kind of go the Randy Moss mode. You go from 84 to 81. or um, You know, it's it's all very interesting. So I have a proposition I mean, here, LB. Yeah. You know, we've all had that girlfriend or boyfriend, depending on what kind of person you are or who you date dating this or listening to this podcast i hope you're not dating the podcast that would be a little strange but in 2019 it actually wouldn't shock me but we've we've had that significant other where you just keep breaking up and you just keep getting better and you know maybe this breakup was a little necessary but at in the end the breakups are when you get back together it's always good for those couple months and what month is it i believe it is known as i'll call it no shave november but we all know that's not what it's actually called. <laughs> so it's November 19th, so December, January. So all AB has to do is be on great behavior for two months and change. That sounds like the perfect amount of time. You know, you start getting tired of your girlfriend that you just broke up with and got back together with after a couple months. You both realize uh-huh. that it ain't working out. And you know what? Maybe it doesn't work out in the end, but maybe they just lift the Lombardi in February and they get along in this period and they just go their separate ways afterwards and they both get the best out of this relationship, which is exactly what you should be doing. AB is outside of the Patriots window. He's playing the music. He's on his knees begging. Tom Brady's at the window with his ear to the glass listening. Robert Kraft is asleep in his in his bedroom. Wake him up now. Sign Antonio Brown. Absolutely. AB solutely, brother. I mean, I, don't, I can't think of anybody who's been more anti Antonio Brown coming back to the Patriots than me. I thought it was stupid. AB? Literally AB for, for getting himself <laughs> kicked off the team. AB was only one more anti AB to the Patriots. That, it was literally him. This is an AB conversation, and you can see yourself back on the New England oh Patriots soon. Wow. Wow. That was good. That was good. This is why people listen. This is why people listen. Stuff like that. You don't get con- like content like that anywhere else. I mean, that's 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 amazing stuff. Amazing stuff. And plus, what is hey? What is one times seven, Bryson? Let's say what is one times seven? How many how many championships do the Patriots want to get? Seven, right? Wow. What is seven Antonio minus Brown one? Seventeen. One times yep. seven is seven. Wow. <laughs> You're just doing even seven divided by one in the same math. It's still seven. Incredible. Think about it. What's seven minus one? How many how many Lombardis do the Patriots have right now? Six. Wow. There's this too, this is too much. This is like if someone <laughs> uploaded this to YouTube, this conspiracy theory, that everyone would be all over it and we'd be immediately killed for being in the Illuminati. All we need now is to figure out how to make this somehow be twenty-eight to three. I I don't know. Maybe like seventeen plus eighty-four. What's that equal? So eighty-four, ninety-four plus seven is one oh one. I mean, somebody much smarter than me, I'm sure, could come up with something to make that be like 28 to 30. Wait a minute. I've got, I've got, and got any brother. Tom Brady's 12. One yep. times two is two. AB needs two chances with the Patriots to win the one times seven, seventh Lombardi with the Patriots. <laughs> I don't know what just happened, but we love it. <laughs> that was good stuff. This is why people listen, I'm telling you. If anybody listens past this, then, you know, they're just a real trooper. They're, they're just. They're, yeah. Yeah. Shout out to you guys, because I don't know what we just did there, but I kind of liked it. And there's probably going to be many YouTube conspiracy videos. And perhaps um, President Trump is going to be talking about this a little later. 
<laughs> oh, oh, hey, you know what? Another shout out to Title Talk real quick because we have been getting so much stuff right. And, you know, I just wish more people knew how much stuff we got right. They need right, to listen, because- LB. You know what? Oh. This is the thing. I don't – I actually on purpose don't say as much stuff on Twitter anymore. Because I want people to listen to Title Talk and listen to my true football thoughts and thoughts about the Patriots. Of course, I'll live tweet about the Patriots, but you want to hear the true thoughts. You have to listen to Title Talk, and you have to support us, and you have to retweet and like and all that sort of stuff that you would, of course, want to do. Absolutely, absolutely. And remember, a couple months, not long ago, we talked about who would be playing fullback. And remember, I said, you know, I'd guess Brandon Bold. It ended up being my other favorite player, of course, yes, and Landon Roberts. Yes. Should we but talk about the game now? The other night. What game? There was a game? Yeah, I think there was a game. I think. I mean, people... I think people Was it like, fun? It wasn't... I don't know if it was fun. I think people are going to kind of forget about it. But the Patriots actually played a game. And a couple, their first snap... One of their first few snaps from scrimmage, Brandon Bolden was fullback, like you said. And then Alandon Roberts was fullback, who, which makes him actually the most valuable player on the team because he's fullback and linebacker. And he, didn't, did he not have a sack? Did he have a sack? I, he did have a sack. He played, he a he's sack, played really yes. well. Oh, I love that guy, man. I just love that guy. He plays fullback and linebacker. That is just the man. Where's a great number, too? That 52, Ted Johnson, Don, that number. A few other guys, of course. Who can forget Dane Fletcher wearing 52? The legend himself. The legend himself, who was actually hanging out with Hernandez all the time somehow. Odd mm-hmm. pairing, but apparently they were kind of friends. Uh, and, and also, what's 5 plus 2, Bryson? Five plus two is seven, so that's actually the that's actually the magical number there. That's <laughs> seven seven Lombardis, LB. You're 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 absolutely correct about this. This is getting crazy, isn't it? It's getting really creepy, you know. But when we talk about the game, LB, it was it's one of those games that you really hate to watch if you're a Patriots fan. But at the end, you you kind of you look back, you think about it, you think, wow. I remember games when the Patriots defense wasn't very good, and Carson Wentz, who's a, a good quarterback. I think a great quarterback has the ball to drive twice to tie the game up and the Patriots get it done on the road. The offense does just enough. It's one of those away wins you you squeak out with and you feel kind of like a tougher team. It feels like to me. Totally agree. Totally agree. The punt team was absolutely, the punt team was owning, you know, the only person who who could have lost this game for the Patriots was Matt Lacoste, who probably should have been called for a fumble return for a touchdown. Which, my goodness, Matt Lacoste, my goodness. Just hey, two, two catches for three son, yards, man. Son, 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 son. That's all. That's all. If you, if you listen to the podcast, you know what that means. Matt Lacoste, son. Hey, listen, Matt Lacoste, two catches, three yards. What's two times three? How many championships do the Patriots have? No, but seriously, man. That, that, <laughs> means, that means he is trying to, he's directly trying to keep the Patriots from that seventh party, LB. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's fantastic i love it great point man that is just that's too good oh man you're right you're right i agree with you though he he really tried giving that baby away at that point you know they always tell say you know the, you're better off not catching that one i think it's difficult to not you know attempt to catch that one i know i know you're behind the line of scrimmage but that was, you know, you play- was gone when sony dropped Ow. that pass that was interception was that what he was like hey you know what this one not too worried about this i'm just gonna flip oh. this one in the air and let someone intercept this one. And, you know, Brady looks stoked after that one. Guess whose ass went running off the field? <laughs> he's, 
He went running right off the field. I don't even know if he bothered to like even know if he was in the next package. He was just like, yeah, I'm just going to go off the field now because I don't. Uh, isn't, there a like, j- isn't there like a jail under the Philadelphia Eagles uh, stadium? Are you being serious? I'm pretty sure there's like a jail located in the in very close vicinity to the Lincoln Financial Field. It actually might be inside of the jail. And um, they should put Sonny Michelle and Matt Lacoste in this place for both of these plays. Yep. They should, Brady should have just literally grabbed him by the arm like like the principal does to the bad kid, get pulling him out of class, and just walk him straight to the jail. No, <laughs> we will see you later. You will stay here <laughs> with Matt Lacoste. Bad. Listen. Very bad. Sit. Look, another thing that we've discussed recently, we didn't foresee Sony's role necessarily expanding. He did have two receptions the other day. He was targeted a few times, never looked good. Um, 10 carries the other day, 33 yards. His season average, 3.3, 3.3 for the game. Another game, just a very another blah, you know, game for Sony Michelle. Not a good season. It His carries have noticeably gone down. Four carries the week before, 10 this week. Um, I don't think that's a coincidence, as we've talked about. Ivan Ferris had words. You know, he talked about Sony not so um, – not with such high praise before that last – that Ravens game. And then four carries, ten carries. I mean, you do the math. I just think that his his carries seem to be going down. Podcast. My head's hurting, and I want to stop. This is the math, the math cast because <laughs> we are just two very highly intelligent human beings who just talk about math all day instead of the Patriots. Cause that's why people tune in. I'm telling you, but look, man, you know, at the end of the day, it, it reminded me of the Buffalo win a lot, except it actually felt a lot easier than the Buffalo win. I'd say I was never nervous about this defense late in this game. I said it in the, I said it in the, in the chat. I didn't feel nervous when they were driving a little bit. I never got that anxiety. I used to get like, Oh God, we're going to overtime. I just kept thinking, ah, the defense will just make a play. They always kind of do. And then they made a few plays. They had, I think a sack or two on that final drive. Uh, probably, probably a pretty good pass, but you know that's a tough that's a tough ball to grab. Back of the end zone isn't able to hold on. Patriots hold on. They get it. They get out of there with a win, you know, dude. And anytime you can get a win on the road in the NFL, especially a place like Philadelphia, where you're just you know you know that everybody just hates you. They're doing everything they can to try to just you know be loud and just cause you to. I mean, they got out of there with a win. The offense obviously was disgusting to watch. I mean, what what are your thoughts on the offense? Because oh my goodness. Oh, my goodness, is – oh, man. Oh, good stuff on the offense. I actually like to just start with the defense first because we just shit on the Patriots for a little bit. So let's, let's, let's talk about some good stuff with the Patriots before we shit on them once again. Not shitting on them too much, but just, just a tiny bit because we love them very much. But yeah, with we the de- With the defense, I really love to see it. Collins played a great game on Ertz. Mac played a great game on Ertz. Terrence Brooks played a great game on Ertz. Gilmore too. And the other underrated thing about Gilmore is – not only can you stick Gilmore on Ertz and say, cover that guy, but also when Ertz catches the ball, Gilmore just tackles him right there, which is an underrated skill for an elite cover cornerback. So shout out to Gilmore. He was awesome. Another person that was awesome that I think, I mean, you you know, you notice this, but maybe not a lot. How about John Simon? He was mirroring Wentz. He was setting the edge, which on the drives where Philly, Philly was driving, running the ball, kind of running at window a little bit. Weren't, Patriots weren't really setting the edge so much, and John Simon just gets gets in the game and he just does it. It's not flashy. It's I mean I hate to be like cliche and compare him to Ninkovich, but he just sets the edge. He just does his job. 
he mirrors Wentz. He does everything good. And the Patriots did a great job. Kyle Van Noy, all those guys of covering Sanders out of the backfield, who's a really good player that I like, certainly a lot of people like. That was really, that was really, really good for me. You know, it was, it was a good test for the Patriots. I mean, the, the Eagles aren't the most explosive offense, but they have an elite offensive line. Sure, they had some injuries in this game, but they were up to the test. They pushed back. Even on the even when the Eagles were backed up, the Patriots pushed back. It was good to see after the Ravens' offensive line kind of got the best of them, and people were questioning their run defense. And after this, I think the Patriots answered a whole lot of questions about this. The Patriots' run defense was good. Their defense was good as a whole. Their, their covering was good as a whole, and really – um, the first drive, the Eagles kind of get their hand held a little bit. A lot of people thought that the J-Mac penalty wasn't really much of a penalty. I mean, I did. I felt it was a penalty, but they didn't do anything with it after that. And then the second touchdown is Bill Belichick. And the first touchdown, I mean, as Bill Belichick and you alluded to, did both didn't think that it, it was a touchdown. I did, but, I mean, I'm not a rules expert. I'm certainly not Bill Belichick, so I might just let him get the nod on that one and admit I'm kind of wrong. So they allow 10 points, really. Belichick says three. It was a really a great day for the defense. And as for the offense, LB, I know it just kind of went on a long win, but I'm going to assume that you probably disagree with everything I just really said. But as for the offense, they tried a whole lot of stuff. And ask yourself why the Patriots did so many screens. Ask yourself why the Patriots did so many dump-off passes. Why do you think, LB? You know, I actually didn't hate it. I know that they look disastrous, but I think a lot of that was more to execution. But at the end of the day, I mean, they need to add some new wrinkles. They need to add some new things for people to at least start to respect. At least they got some of these different screens now on film, and people will actually see them. You know what I mean? So they didn't look good. They didn't look pretty. The run game is just awful. Uh, the passing game's not looking a whole lot better. I don't know about you. I'd probably still prefer to rather just see Brady throw the ball a ton of times in this run game. This run game is just not pretty. Um, and, and I'll just say quickly, even like you just said on that, for the defense real quickly, you know, that first drive, like you said, handheld, they get that huge pass interference call, first play of the game, puts them right down there at either the 20 or the 30 or whatever, and they only got a field goal out of it. Then they really had one bad drive all day where they kind of got bullied, um, and that was it. Defense, fantastic. Defense, A-plus. Offense, oh, man, if you can give an F-minus. it's some, Another thing that we have talked about when we first started noticing it and discussing it, this red zone offense, Tom Brady specifically in the red zone, just making more mistakes for whatever reason, even go back to the AFC championship game, throws that interception from the one yard line. You go back to Buffalo. He throws that interception. You go back to, I want to say it was Washington. Uh, there was another game where he got away with an interception. The guy dropped it. You go into this week, tried his best to throw another interception. The guy couldn't hold yeah, on did. to it. Just <laughs> And then Edelman dropped the touchdown ironically in the end zone. Oh, man. Edelman, is, man. I mean, Edelman kind of had a, a pretty rough game. I mean, that'll probably never happen again. I mean, the first play, I think one of the first plays of the game, the screen passed, him and Mason kind of run into each other. Edelman kind of stops, and it was just a more, I mean, it was a weird play. Brady gets hit really bad on a screen pass, drops the drops the touchdown. Give him a pass on the, uh, the this drop, I guess you could call it, when Brady – through an interception-worthy pass to the D-back, and Edelman got his hand on it but didn't catch it. But Edelman just kind of had a rough game. And 
the, really the biggest bright spot was, I think, Nikhil Harry. He had his first catch. He he ran a good route. He, had, he was open on other route, as you said, where Brady was kind of pressured and didn't get to see him. But I was really encouraged what I saw from Harry. He's really physical. He's I mean, obviously, he's a really big guy, but he's also physical. And something I love about Harry, not only is he physical, LB, but he's just like us. You know how? I'm going to say he's just like us because... It's not because he's handsome like us, because he's nowhere near as handsome as, as us. <laughs> but he, he, not only will he block you to the ground, but then he'll get in your face about it and tell you about it. I love it. I loved it. Good, good. That's the type of stuff Edelman does. You set a tone. You kind of bring that edginess that sometimes an offense needs, which they certainly do need anything they can get, even if it's physical blocking. Okay, I'll take that. Thank you. At least somebody is showing up and caring. Weird day for Mohamed Sanu. I believe he had two catches for four yards, barely involved. I know a lot of people have said he rolled his ankle, didn't play much, but, I mean, he was still returning punts after that, which is, I would say, returning punts is a more likely um, injury. You're more susceptible to injury returning punts than you are catching passes. It was just a weird day. He was barely involved, not, not in the game plan at all. We did see Harry get three grabs, three catches, I think 18 yards it was. Uh, where's the number 15? One plus five equals six, six Lombardis. I mean, so there's kind of a lot of crazy stuff going on right now. The offense at least tried some different things. It was awful to watch, not fun to watch at all, that offense. And I mean, they've been getting the best field position in the NFL now all year. But for me, I want to see that big three. I think I think that you would probably agree. I want to see that big three on the field. I want to see Sanu, Edelman, and uh, Harry on the field. Dorsett. Thank you. You're a really nice four. Whenever he's healthy again, I'm not exactly sure what's going on with his health, you know. Um, and then you then you have a guy like Myers, who I like to have around, but I mean, let's be honest, he's not, you know, you're not, you know, he he's not as talent. He's not on the talent level of those other guys. But I want to see that big three. I want to see James White. You know, whatever happens with Sony Michelle, we'll see. Maybe he picks it up here in the later half of the year. Now that it's starting to get, I mean, there's only six games left here, man. Six games left, which sounds crazy. We're we are way over the halfway point now. Six games remaining in the regular season, and the offense seems to be getting worse. But maybe sometimes you kind of have to get worse to get better. And, you know, they tried some new stuff. The screens were hideous, but you know what? Like I said, at least now it's on film. So now when teams start to see you doing some of that stuff, they know that you do run that stuff. We haven't seen many screens at all this year. So I hated the execution of the screens. I didn't mind the idea of the screens. That's fine, but you don't need to do 20 of them, and you don't need to absolutely suck at them and look stupid and run into each other and just disastrous screens. But at least it's on film. Another thing that teams will at least see on film and kind of have to respect, it looked like they kind of ran a few different formations as well, almost like a pistol at one point where there was a running back in the backfield and Edelman kind of lined up next to the running back. They were doing some different things, so they're putting some different things at least on film. We now kind of have an idea for their big three, like I said. Big three wide receivers, those are the guys I want to see. Watson's probably your tight end. These other guys, you know, whatever. I mean, do you, do you really want to see more Matt Lacoste? I, I don't I don't think so. Yeah, but I want, I want him in prison. <laughs> you know, and they should just rename that prison, like, Gillylock, because yeah. Gilmore put guys in prison once again down there in Philadelphia. I mean, he, he, had, just... he said something about Ertz crying on film. And I, I rewatched the game after he said that, and there was actually one point where Ertz is just like throwing his hands up and looking at the ref. <laughs> and I know Gilmore is loving it, and I love that's what I love about Gilmore. I love him. He's physical. He'll beat you up the line. He'll tackle you. He'll hit you. He'll he'll punch the ball out. He'll talk shit to you. He's a quiet assassin, man. I love that guy. 
He may he says stuff sometimes. He does say stuff sometimes. He does. He does. Never. He's absolutely calculated. He's just, he said Earth would cry. He literally did. Gilmore basically said, "Yet yeah, we saw Earth's weeping on film." He proceeded to weep. He proceeded to weep. And what happened last year? Covering Travis Kelsey. What did he say? It was easy. Uh, Jalen Ramsey had a few things to say. This was Stephon Gilmore's last uh, appearance on uh, Zolak and Bertrand, of course, where he said, you know, he's a zone corner. Those zone guys talk a lot more. So that was, I mean, he says stuff sometimes. You know what I like, though? I like that. I really do. I remember when Patriots secondary was really bad. We've talked about this a good amount for quite a few years there. They brought in Aqib Tlaib. I remember that... um, it was discussed a little bit how, you know, he brought a certain element to the defense that they lacked. He kind of brought some confidence. And, you know, that's something that Gilmore brings your secondary. He brings you confidence. And sometimes you need that. You need that guy that is just – even sometimes, you know, they're, they're obviously different players, but they both have confidence in their own right. Aqib Tlaib, obviously, a much different guy. But at the end of the day, both confident players. They both – they have their own style about it. They both do it their own way. And, you know, I, I just – what's not to like about Stephon Gilmore? you got to love that, though. Travis Kelsey, easy. Zach Ertz, weep. <laughs> yeah, yep. he's, he's t- just like us, except for he's actually way more handsome, not like Nikhil Harry. But <laughs> he's just way better than us, and he's better than everyone on the field. I, I actually love to see it from Gilmore. I'm at, you know what, OB? I think this is probably – the Eagles defense is actually the ninth-ranked defense on DVOA. A lot of people think their secondary sucks, and it is true. Their secondary at times is – is not good at all, but they do have some guys that can actually boom. I've I've watched plenty of games where the Eagles secondary plays good. Watched plenty of games where they play bad. They're kind of boom or bust, and this was kind of a game where they matched up well. The Patriots line wasn't good. They played well, so actually, just shout out to the Eagles. But the I think the Patriots' offensive game plan was basically just we're just going to do enough. The defense is going to be there. They're going to make some plays. They're going to get us in good spots. And you know what? An underrated thing that people aren't thinking about. Shout out to Nick Folk, making all those kicks, winning the game for the Patriots. He made all of his kicks. The Patriots win. I love to see it, LB. They, one miss, a couple missed kicks. They lose, right? He doesn't. Ha- he has those non-point. He doesn't have those non-points. They lose. Yeah, no, you know, he did his job. You know, sometimes it sounds corny, but do your job, right? I mean, and they say it a lot, obviously. It sounds, you know, we're, we've kind of made it kind of funnier than probably should be. But John Simon, he's just one of those guys, shows up, does his job, just kind of, even if he gets a notice for it, he does a great job. He's not talking about the boogeyman. He's not talking about any of this other stuff. Shows up, does his job. Um, you know, Nick Folk, he, he doesn't look like he has a ton of leg, but he's making his kicks. That's all that matters, man. Show up, make your kicks, do your job, get the hell out of there, go home with a win versus Philadelphia and have some fun. Absolutely. And you know what? That's a good wrap-up to the game, LB, unless you have any or any other thoughts, because I'm actually going to get a, get us on to some underdog season content. Absolutely. And, and let's not uh, let's just quickly say Bill Belichick absolutely owning Lane Johnson, absolutely just owning in the postgame, really went out and said, we had some fun. What a what a guy! I love Bill Belichick. He does it so subtle. He doesn't. His face doesn't change. But but you could you could hear like the difference when he said fun. Like he just emphasized the word fun. We had some fun. Had some fun out there. Like oh my god, get owned. First you got first he gets knocked out with a concussion or whatever it was. Who knows whatever it was. He was probably I was I would love to watch that game again and see some of the film like you've seen. Cause I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots players were just smacking the crap out of him. Because, I mean, for Belichick to come out and say that post game tells you that that crap is on his mind. 
let's not forget he not only said that he would rather win one Super Bowl having fun than win five, blah, blah, blah. But he also tweeted a few weeks ago, going to be a lot of fun two weeks in the link. Like, okay, dude, just shut the hell up. Please, just go away, you absolute buffoon. Yep, yep. I love to see it, LB. He was actually checking his Instagram after and looked at all the sto- looked at a bunch of stories that Patriots fans had of him making fun of him. So, not shout out to Lane Johnson for checking his mentions. That's a that's a big L. But actually, another big W for the Patriots and LB especially and I is that here on First Things First, which I'm just going to point out hilariously that this video got 122 likes. If you would just scroll LB and I's profile. And if we had a check mark like first things first and we made a video in our own TV show, um, I'm going to assume that it would have more than 122 likes. <laughs> so Nick Wright says Nick, Nick Wright says this. This isn't the only thing from first things first, by the way. He said, I don't think the Patriots are going to win the Super Bowl. I don't think the Patriots are going to get to the Super Bowl. The offense isn't good enough. Patriots fans, you don't have to listen to me. Take Tom Brady's word for it. And then on top of that, Greg Jennings says, which, by the way, has 88 likes, tweeted seven hours ago. The Patriots' reputation has always preceded them. Teams just aren't afraid to play them anymore. Greg Jennings. Well, actually, if you listen to me talk about the likes, that's kind of just me and LB knowing what likes look like. (laughs) And uh, 88 likes in seven hours may be good to you guys, but to... To me and LB, that's that's uh, that's a bad day at the office. So I'm, I hate to see Nick Wright and uh, Nick Wright and his show just absolutely go down the drain. You really just hate to see that. Now he's talking shit about the Patriots, and now guess what? I get to take this content. I get to take this content. I get to melt it down. I get to filter it safely. LB gets to look at it. LB puts it in a lab. He gets to look at it. He puts it in a syringe and he injects this content into my freaking veins. Because the Patriots are undog- underdogs once again. And at the end of the season, if they do get the Super Bowl and they win this, if they get the Super Bowl, if they win the Super Bowl, I will be retweeting this. I will be loving it. And no one will still watch First Things First. I certainly do not. And if you do, you should be shamed. Your family should be shamed. And your future generations should have shame on them for the rest of their lives. You should have a tattoo of a fat L on your forehead. Patriots underdogs. Yep, not only that, they can go stay with Sony Michelle and uh, Matt Lacoste in the prison underneath uh, Lincoln whatever stadium who gives a crap in that dump, dump-ass city. It'll be great. You know, those guys, absolute clowns. We love to see them be clowns. Excuse me, I was trying to take a sip of my drink and almost choked on it because, you know, that's how I do. I believe it was me that was eating Starburst, and uh, I believe I was eating peas one time. Everybody everybody loved when I was eating peas on the podcast, and they wanted to know why the peas were so crunchy. And I'm, I'm just going to tell you they had been sitting there for a few days, and I don't like to waste food. So that's that. Underdog season. That's what an underdog does, you know. That's what an underdog does. You use everything that you can, any anything that you have given to, you use it, you fuel it, you inject it, just like I inject those hard peas. And, you know, truthfully, what a bunch of clowns. The whole thing, teams aren't scared to play the Patriots. It's telling me that they're not scared to play that defense because I have seen quarterbacks literally just, like, shit themselves playing this defense. There was uh, people one love guy- going to Gillette Stadium and, and the playoffs, LB. People just love going to the Gillette Stadium and seeing Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and a great defense. They love it. They, they go up there and they're like, they absolutely think they're going to win, LB, every time. You know it. I know it. I mean, we it. haven't seen all of these playoff games where teams talk loads of shit, come into Gillette Stadium, 
after the first quarter of getting their ass whipped, they're on the sideline. They all got their big hoodies on and they're sitting by the heaters and they're all like cuddled for warmth because it's that cold in Gillette Stadium. And you can hear them on the sideline crying and the sound effects after the game. No, certainly that does, definitely doesn't happen. You know, the, everyone talks a big game, big game when they come to Gillette Stadium. They're under the heater and they're being cowards. And meanwhile, there's the Patriots who are like, are naked out on the field before the game. And there's Teddy Cross out, outside and he's just got his shirt off and he's doing push-ups. and Tom Brady's out there. He doesn't even wear his wetsuit anymore. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You guys will love playing the Patriots. I, I know. I know. You know how I know it? Because after the second quarter, you definitely don't have frostbite and hypothermia. Yep. You're right. I love it, man. I love the fact that you just brought that up because it's something that I've actually talked about. I used to talk about with my dad a lot, you know, and my dad and I, we used to, I used to ask him, be like, you know, it's the craziest thing, you know, because it's like, it's not the loudest stadium, right? It's not designed to necessarily be loud. You know, sometimes the crowd is a little bit lethargic. We're a little bit spoiled, let's be honest. So they'll be up 28 to 7, and we're kind of saying, you know, why aren't they up 48 to 6? This is this is bull crap. What's going on? And But yet teams show up. Maybe it's not the loudest environment, and they – and I used to ask my dad, you know, what is it? Why do teams just show up here and just they, they lose the second that they arrive in the bus? And my dad put it perfectly, man. He said, you know, it's the big time. And that's what it is. You show up in Foxborough. It's not even Dallas. You show up in Dallas. Yep, fantastic stadium. You show up to some of these other stadiums, fantastic places to play. But you show up in New England, man, you're looking around. You know, you, you see the red, white, and blue everywhere. As you alluded to, you see Bill Belichick standing across the sidelines. You see Tom Brady standing over there, this guy that you just know has won all these Super Bowls, him and Bill. And then you look up, you see the banners over there. Now you see six of them, and it's just the big time, man. It doesn't get any bigger than playing in Foxborough in that time of the year. And that's why, you know, when, when you escape from there with a win, it's like this incredible thing because the Patriots, truthfully, when was the last time they even lost now at home? It's been a few years, I believe. They're when you undefeated beat the Patriots last at home, year. you feel like you just got away with a felony murder. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, you feel like, like man, I, is, is, am I, am I going to get arrested for this? I can't believe <laughs> everyone just let me do this. They, I just walked out of the stadium with the W. I'm going to leave with, and no one's going to just charge me with a murder? This is crazy. But look, nobody's scared. Nobody's scared of the Patriots. Yeah, That's fine. They're not scared. Hey, teams love going to Foxborough when it starts to get cold. They can't beat them there when it's warm. Forget that. I mean, so let's just say, let's just now make it really cold. The weather sucks. You know, it's been, I know every time I used to go there, I've never been to another NFL stadium. So I, I, I when I heard this perspective, I loved it. And I can't remember who said it, but they said, you know, I believe it was a former player. They said, you know, it's, it's in a weird spot for a stadium, so you're driving up. It's real dark. You see the stadium off in the distance. You see all these lights, and it's kind of just a weird feel. And then you show up, and then you're walking around the stadium. It's still got a, got this vibe to it, you know. People show up there, man, and they've lost on the drive-in. They even tell you, that even just driving down there, driving down Route 1, I believe it is, to get to the stadium, you're just looking at the stadium off in the distance and you're thinking to yourself, oh, man, that's where the Patriots play. You know, we're going to see Brady and Belichick now. And it's like you lose before you even arrive just by the just that, that little stretch ride in on the bus. You're looking off in the distance. You see the stadium. They say no other stadiums really built that like that because Gillette's kind of in a spot. They've built a ton around it now, but it's still in a spot where it's just not surround. You know, it's, it's different. It's not yeah. in the middle of a city. It's not. And. Players are just, man, they show up there, and they've already lost mentally. The game is already over for them mentally. How many, how many good football teams have showed up in Gillette and just gotten just obliterated? Yeah, most of them. I'll be, actually, I'm going to break some news here because 
I'm not sure if our good friend Mike Reese is right about this, but he just said uh, the because the Patriots released AB, he's not under contract to them. We know this, but he but then Mike Reese says he is also suspended by the NFL at this moment. That's news to me, Mike. That news to you, LB. That certainly sounds like news to me. One guy just said that he is the status has not changed. It, the status has not changed. I don't. I don't understand AB getting suspended. I think Mike might. This might be a rare L for Mike. So shout out to shout out to Mike. I think this is might be an L. I think he's not suspended. I'm not seeing it. He uh, just yeah. tweeted this. Yes, he, I see. It was, it was a response to. It was a response to one of his tweets, and um, talking about Gunner going to IR. And he said yeah, that, he says the page he is suspended. That is certainly an interesting. How the hell did you see that? Well, Mike actually texted me, and he he was gonna <laughs> tell. He asked me what what he should tweet, and I just said, "Look, I mean, I haven't heard of you suspended, Mike. So I'm just recording a podcast with LB. So I'm gonna get to work here. So I don't know, Mike. I don't think he's suspended. Maybe Mike, maybe Mike knows something we don't know. Maybe he does know something we don't know. I don't know." I don't think he's suspended, and if he is, I declare that we should do all that takes necessary to unsuspend him right now. I mean, that is definitely interesting. So this is the first any time anybody, anybody credible has said that he is suspended. I mean, this this Brian Hannibal just asked the NFL, right? He he literally tweeted. He just asked the NFL. His status has not changed. Well, W. So, we, we, we're going we're gonna to actually give the W, the rare W, to Hannibal, and we're going to give the extremely, extremely rare L to Mike Reese. Mike, no. This is blasphemous. Blasphemous. I have, you know, now there's some, some chatter in the chat. I'm just kind of reading it as we discuss, and everybody's saying that nobody else has said that or heard that he is suspended. So this is certainly odd. But, I, I mean, why? I don't think Mike Reese would put that out there for nothing, right? Hey, you know, uh, Mike Reese makes mistakes. Maybe it happens. Maybe he's going to throw the penalty flag on one later. LB, actually, I have to have to get out of here. I have to skedaddle. But it was actually a really good conversation, really good podcast. Hope everyone enjoyed it. Retweet, like, of course, comment. And if you did listen to the podcast at the end, just tell us that you love it. And if you hate it, DM me. Tell me you hate it. Don't DM LB because he deserves no slander. But if it's <laughs> if you hate it, just go ahead and DM me. Shout out to you, LB. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Hey, shout out to you, brother. It was fun as always. Always a good conversation. Uh, I guess at this point it is now free AB season. Free AB. That's what, we've moved, that's what we've moved on to. I can't believe I'm even uttering those words. But free AB, get this man back on the Patriots. And let's get that seventh ring, sir. And as we all know, everybody loves it. I'm trying to remember. Oh, yeah. Uh, go Patriots. Do your job. Ignore the noise. We love it. Ooh.